We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome to the November 19th, 2018 edition of the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week, brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Blair Andrews, you can follow me on Twitter at AmITheRealBlair, and my co-host is Hassan Rahim, who you can follow at HRR5010. Hassan, how's it going? Uh, fantastic as always, Blair, uh, except for a couple of teams where I uh, forgot to make some last-second lineup changes, and I left uh, the wrong guys in and the right guys on the bench. And that has have uh, that has playoff implications, so this is a good time. That's uh, tough. Uh, always tough to uh, notice that you forgot some last-minute lineup changes. Um, but yeah, week eleven so far, going pretty well. A lot of the guys that we've been talking about since the off-season have finally started putting up huge games. So really exciting to see that. Excited to jump into the news this week with our guest joining us today on the show is Michael Dubner. Michael is a contributor to Rotoviz and is currently writing DFS content specific to FanDuel. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael underscore Dubner. Michael, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, excited for my first time here on the podcast. Um, but for my FanDuel rosters, I would say it was quite the roller coaster of a day. You know, went from being first place in a couple of single entry tournaments, but saw my winnings deteriorate slowly throughout the day. 
from four-figure payouts to losing a couple of bucks on the week. So yeah, uh, four o'clock games were pretty excruciating, but excited to jump into this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, get right into the news. Item number one, Ryan Fitzpatrick tossed three interceptions before being replaced by Jameis Winston in the second half. Although Winston came off the bench, he completed 12-16 passes for 199 yards and two touchdowns. Winston also tossed a game-ending interception. So, Michael, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback carousel spins on. Do you think Jameis Winston will be the starter for the rest of the season? Or does Ryan Fitzpatrick start again at some point this season? Yeah, there's been this kind of narrative going around that the Bucks will stick with uh, Fitzpatrick because if Winston gets hurt, they have, they're like forced to pay out his fifth-year option. But I think today when the Bucks uh, benched Fitz, Fitzpatrick, that kind of confirmed that they don't really care about that, or it's at least not their biggest concern. Um, so because of that, I think that the Buccaneers will be rolling out Winston for the rest of the season. Um, or at least until another possible meltdown meltdown game from him. Um, but yeah, for now, I think Winston has to be considered the starter rest of season. Yeah, this is uh, Dirk Cutter doing his best. Uh, George Costanza trying to get fired impression. Uh, I really think, you know, he's he's got absolutely no idea what he's doing. Uh, you go to Fitz, you go to Winston, you go to Fitz. Like, there's no consistency. And I think he's really trying uh, to, to lose his job uh, one thing that I'd like to actually point out is uh, since Cutter actually took over, um, you know, he took over play calling duties last week. They didn't do particularly well this week. Uh, Winston like generated a bunch of, you know, straight touchdown drives at, and we saw the best of Winston wherein he was able to pull them back within uh, striking distance. And then we saw the worst of Winston in the same drive where he, in the final drive where he tossed that int. Uh, who, Michael, who are some of the, like the guys who you think are going to be the biggest beneficiaries here uh, with Winston under center for the rest of the season? I think it's got to be O.J. Howard. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I'm pretty sure Winston uh, has always favored throwing to his tight ends. Um, but the to be honest, the Buccaneers' um, passing offense is pretty spread out. It's not very condensed like we like in fantasy football, so it's pretty hard to target a specific player on a given week. But we have also seen this Buccaneers passing offense explode for most of the season. So I think that um, if you're able to pick the right guy, I think that there will be some uh, some stats to be had in this passing attack. I'm just not sure if we can predict it uh, well week to week. Yeah, I mean, this is always every week kind of been a pretty high powered offense, at least producing a lot of yards and uh, most weeks a lot of points, too. So, you know, if you own Mike Evans you're not going to bench him in your season long leagues um i guess the the biggest thing i have going in is can you trust any of these starting quarterbacks like whoever starts a game can you start them with any confidence on your fantasy team knowing that uh you know it could just be a few interceptions before they're benched yeah i mean it's pretty difficult to at least give trust to this offense now with the way that they've what has it been now? Four different quarterback switches or so. Um, so, I mean, at least in terms of Fandle, I'm only reserving Tampa Bay quarterback to GPPs for now on just because of that risk. But I still think that there is upside in this offense because of how explosive these weapons are. And the, the running game really hasn't been good this year. Well, that is until today. Uh, but yeah, I still think it's going to be a team that flows through the passing attack. 
Lamar Jackson rushed uh, 27 times for 117 yards, and he completed 13 of 19 passes for 150 yards and interception in the Ravens' Week 11 win over the Bengals. Michael, uh, this was actually a very encouraging debut for Lamar Jackson, uh, despite the incredibly run-heavy offensive game plan. Uh, Jim Harbaugh already ruled out Joe Flacco for the Ravens' Week 12 game against the Raiders. Do you think the Ravens will continue to feature this run-heavy playstyle next week, or who do you expect, uh, and if so, who do you expect will be the biggest beneficiaries of another Lamar Jackson start? Uh, I think that we have two glaring pieces of information that suggest the Ravens will continue to be run heavy. Uh, one just being Lamar Jackson's skill set as a runner, and the second being their 54 rushing attempts to 19 pass attempts this week. Um, as for who will benefit, I would have said Alex Collins because um, just because of the run heavy nature of this offense moving forward as well as running backs typically having increased efficiency when playing with the running quarterbacks. Um, but we also saw Gus Edwards surprisingly out-touch Collins 17-7 to today. Um, so I honestly have no idea where that came from, considering uh, the past three weeks, Edwards had five total carries uh, to Collins' 27 uh, so moving forward, I don't think we can really trust this backfield as the touch distribution is pretty unreliable at the moment. Uh, and then for the receivers, I think it's a downgrade across the board uh, just because a team that's going to be this run heavy, it's hard to trust the passing volume for the receivers. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, I agree that this is a pretty clear signal that the Ravens want to be more run heavy. Um, I think what's interesting is that even though, you know, we saw Gus Edwards weirdly kind of take over rushing duties, he only carried the ball 17 times and, you know, it was, they rushed the ball so many times, but Lamar Jackson actually took most of those himself. Um, so, you know, even if they are going to keep doing this, you know, running 50 times in a game, that's actually pretty close. Most of the time they weren't even winning the whole game. Um, I don't even know if that's actually an upgrade for the running backs in this case. It might just be, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to you know, rush for 100 yards every other game. And uh, I guess that's fine if you, you know, that's that gives him a pretty nice floor. Um, you know, 19 pass attempts. This was actually a game I watched and I didn't see a ton of accuracy issues except for one time he threw the ball into the lineman's head. But, um, uh, you know... I think that this is a really promising start for him, and I'm excited to see what he can do going forward. Although, it, you know, if you trusted any of the Baltimore pass catchers before this, you probably shouldn't have, but you definitely shouldn't now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, the thing with Lamar Jackson as a runner, it's very, very exciting, you know. And I think the fact that they're playing against the Raiders at home it's going to be pretty exciting watching them run the triple option uh, against a team that's just incapable of stopping the run. So that's actually going to be one wherein I can uh, see myself uh, streaming Lamar Jackson just as a as a guy who you want just because of that, that brilliant rushing ability. And whatever he gets with his arm is uh, sheer uh, gravy. I thought that it looked like he actually targeted Willie Sneed a lot, but <laughs> the ball didn't really travel much through the air. Um, so I guess if you're really desperate at receiver, maybe Willie Sneed in a PPR league or something makes sense if, you, if you're happy with like seven points. <laughs> I mean, next week they play Oakland, so probably 
I don't know. Where would you set the over/under on his pass attempts? Like ten? Uh, I don't know. It, it depends <laughs> on Oakland's ability to actually like um, respond, right? Uh, I think I think really the play uh, next week from a DFS standpoint would be Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, and then you put the Ravens defense against, and then that way that's your running back uh, defense correlation stack going against the Raiders, and you don't bother running it back with anyone on that side. All right, before we get into No Shit Shit No, here's a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $6 a month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $6. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality, industry-leading programming. Uh, speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off your Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com uh, slash podcast. Gain unlimited access to all of your NFL content and tools. I mean, seriously, like, when I started playing FanDuel for the first time this year, and I've used Michael's uh, FanDuel, building your FanDuel core uh, article as the only article that I read before I go in. And I've actually, I'm actually supremely up on the year just thanks to his work from Cash Games. So again, if you're interested in like considering, you know, one, if you're looking to support our podcast, if you're looking to see what we're all about, go to rotaviz.com slash podcast, sign up, read Michael's work. You'll probably actually be able to win it back if you play on FanDuel. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I just wanted to give a shout out to Dave Cabin for his weekly stack explorer, which you get from the Rotoviz uh, subscription. It's pretty much every, the only thing I use for research is from that Stack Explorer. So just really thanks to, to Dave Cabin for that one. Absolutely, yeah, Dave is doing amazing work. You can also uh, see him many weeks on Rotoviz Live. So, uh, you know, definitely want to get your membership, support our uh, Patreon and uh, yeah, start winning. All right, let's get into no shit, shit, no. First item up, Chris Carson rushed 17 times for 83 yards and a touchdown in the Seahawks' Week 11 win over the Packers. Yeah, I mean, no shit that the Seahawks stuffed their running backs with 35 rushing attempts this game, and Chris Carson is the primary back in this committee, so he's going to see the majority of that work. Um, But I'm also going to say shit, no, in that I'm not really going to trust a three-way running back committee moving forward. Um, I guess you don't really need positive game script for these Seattle running backs uh, since they're just going to try to, you know, establish the run no matter the score. Um, But next week on the road in Carolina, I don't think is a really good spot for the Seahawks team. Um, And then they get the Vikings and Chiefs in two of their other games. Um, I guess we can trust Carson and the Seattle running back volume in the two games against the 49ers. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's tough to really just put your faith in a three-way running back committee. Aaron Jones rushed 11 times for 40 yards and a touchdown in the Packers' week 11 loss to the Seahawks. He also added five receptions for 63 yards and a score. Yeah, I mean, no shit. Like, it took long enough for Mike McCarthy to just give Aaron Jones the touches he deserves. Um, but now that he's getting them, I think he's obviously going to continue to smash um, everyone in the fantasy c- football community, um, like knew this was going to happen, uh, if Jones was given the opportunity. 
And actually, if you just look at running backs with only 50-plus carries on the year, he's first in yards per carry, first in success rate, and fifth in rushing fantasy points over expectation. Um, And while Jones only had 11 carries this past week, he still had um, 85% of the team's rushing share. Um, And it's really encouraging also that he had five receptions, which shows that he could be game script independent moving forward. DJ Moore hauled in seven of eight targets for 157 yards and a touchdown in the Panthers' Week 11 loss to the Lions. Yeah, uh, this is another no shit. Just because, like all of Road of his was, you know, obsessing over this guy coming out of the draft. Um, but I'm also gonna say shit no in that I don't really expect this to continue for at least the rest of this season. Uh, just because Newton through 37 pass attempts this week. I don't think that we can um, rely on that volume again. Blake Bortles completed uh, 10 of 18 passes for 104 yards with no touchdowns or interceptions in Sunday's Week 11 loss to the Steelers. Yeah, this is a no shit. If I were to tell you Bortles was going to throw for, you know, 100 yards and no touchdowns uh, before the game started, you wouldn't even bat an eye. Um, also with Fournette being back, the Jaguars can just, uh, try to hide Bortles again with their running a game. Um, they had 43 rushing attempts today with Fournette having 28 of them. James Conner rushed nine times for 25 yards while catching six of nine targets for 24 yards in Sunday's week 11 win over the Jaguars. Um, yeah, this is no shit that Conner had a down game, uh, just because the Jaguars defense might not be as dominant as it was last year. I still think it's a pretty good defense and you kind of saw the DFS community being down on Conner as well, considering his low ownership. But I'm also going to say shit no, and that you're not benching Conner moving forward. This was just, you know, a down game because of matchup. Um, and that his volume, unfortunately, wasn't able to overcome the inefficiency this week. Um, but yeah, you're you're gonna have no no questions starting Connor moving forward. Jordan Reed got seven of eleven targets for seventy one yards and a touchdown in Washington's Week Eleven loss to Houston. Uh, shit, no. It was nice to see Reed have a good game, and the eleven targets were certainly a good sign here. But I'm just not gonna trust a Colt McCoy offense moving forward. Um, also, I mean, to be fair to Reed, though, you can pretty much just start any tight end with a pulse and you'll probably have a shot um, at having a decent score considering how much of a wasteland this tight end position is. Deshaun Watson completed 16 of 24 passes for 208 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions in Houston's Week 11 win over Washington. Um, yeah, I think this is a actually a pretty tricky one for me. I think it's a shit no just because I'm a believer in the Deshaun Watson-Will Fuller splits. Um, So for Watson to be missing Fuller, and now he only has three rushing attempts here, um, it's hard to think of him as anything more than a QB streamer moving forward, or just, you know, a QB to consider at least. Um, But I do see that Watson gets the Titans and Browns at home the next two games, and then the Jets and Eagles on the road. So I think he's definitely an option to consider moving forward, but he just isn't a must-start by any means. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of Will Fuller, not only in basketball, but just a, a significant chunk of ownership across my leagues. Uh, he's actually one of those guys that I'm a very big fan of. And uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a bummer because I was really hoping the poor guy had stayed healthy. He was having a breakout year. Uh, I think the, the, the trick next year going in for me uh, is particularly in early the early season when we're drafting best ball 
is uh, to hope everyone believes he's quote-unquote injury-prone. So uh, I'm going to be in on him. What are your thoughts, Blair? Yeah, definitely. I'm all in on, on Fuller. I kind of think uh, he's shown enough this year that his price won't be as palatable as it was this year. But absolutely. Um, yeah, and I mean, in terms of Watson, I think... Uh, yeah, the splits are worrisome, but I think he's probably good enough to overcome these and we should see better days ahead from him T.Y. Hilton caught nine of nine targets for 150 yards and 155 yards and two touchdowns in the Colts' week 11 demolition of the titans yeah i this is a no shit um i had a ton of luck in hilton stacks this week which caused me to sweat out a couple of uh tournaments early this uh early today um but yeah we continue to see these hilton home splits continue to pop um, I, I know that Hilton was also in Josh Hermsmeyer's air yards by a low model this week. Uh, and as I pointed out on my FanDuel article this week, there is just such a large pie of passing production in this offense that I just want to get a piece of it. And Hilton has the highest weighted opportunity rating, so he's going to be the biggest beneficiary. Joe Mixon rushed 12 times for 14 yards and a touchdown and caught three of three targets for 38 yards in the Bengals' Week 11 loss to the Ravens. Um, I'm going to say no shit here just because going on the road in Baltimore is never easy um, if you think defenses matter at least. Um, and we can trust – I don't think we can trust the Bengals' offense right now just because it looks so you know dead right now. They clearly are missing A.J. Green. Um, I know that Gio only took away two carries, but he also had four targets to Mixon's 12 carries and two targets. Um, so, I mean, you're obviously going to start Mixon moving forward. Uh, considering his opportunity share. Um, but And I know that he gets the Browns and Broncos and Raiders next moving forward, so I do think that there are brighter days ahead. But this offense is just stalling out right now. Yeah, I think w- one of the things that kind of like concerns me a little bit about Mixon is that against uh, offenses that completely ripped the Cincinnati Bengals' defense to shreds, he just kind of gets yanked, and uh, like you said, this offense is really missing A.J. Green right now, which is very obvious. They're unable to move the ball, so it really kind of dampens his uh, fantasy production and fantasy outlook. Saquon Barkley rushed 27 times for a season-high 142 yards and two touchdowns. He also tacked on another receiving touchdown uh, in the Giants' Week 11 victory over the Bucks. Yeah, no shit again. I mean, Saquon, I had him everywhere in FanDuel this week. Um, this is a Buccaneers defense we've attacked every week this year. Saquon's had, I think, 84-plus yards in every game this year. Uh, prior to this game, he was averaging um, a nice 6.9 targets per game. And while he only saw three this game, he also had 27 carries. Um, so, yeah, Saquon was chalk for a reason. Julio Jones caught six of nine targets for 118 yards and one touchdown in the Falcons' 22-19 Week 11 loss to the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, this is also no shit. I did a touchdown regression article this past offseason um, and saw that Julio easily led the league with a minus 6.5 touchdown differential last year, and that's a differential between his actual and expected touchdowns. Um, I also started a touchdown regression thread on Twitter three weeks ago. Um, and Julio had zero touchdowns at that point, where he had a minus 5.4 touchdown dif- differential at that point in the year, with no one else having worse than minus three. Uh, since then, Julio's had a touchdown in three straight games. Um, I th- 
I started uh, talking about in our Road of His Slack channel, actually, that Julio, I think it, the stat was Julio had a t- didn't score a touchdown in 19 of 21 games. Uh, it's something like that. So I'm starting to to say that Julio is going to score a touchdown in, in 19 of his next 21 moving forward. Kenny Galladay hauled in 8 of 14 targets for 113 yards and a touchdown in the Lions' Week 11 win over the Panthers. Yeah, this is a no-shit. I mean, Baby Tron is super talented, and we projected him for about double-digit t- double tar- targets here. The Lions were missing you know, 39% of their targets between Tate and Jones. Um, even with a Lions team that has looked awful the previous two weeks, I'm still going to just trust that volume. Tevin Coleman rushed eight times for 58 yards and caught all three of his targets for 27 yards in the Falcons' Week 11 loss to the Cowboys. I mean, this one's tough. I guess it's no shit. Like, he's been really frustrating this year. Uh, You know, he smashed against the Redskins a couple weeks ago when not many people were on him. But then he had a poor game against the Browns, even though they were bleeding touchdowns to running backs this year. And now he has a dud at home when the Falcons have been smashing all year at home. So, I mean... I primarily want to use Coleman when the Falcons are a favorite, but he certainly has a low floor. Out of curiosity, how much of this do you think is uh, the Dallas's improved defense? Yeah, I mean, Dallas has looked really good on defense all year. Um, they previously had issues whenever Sean Lee was out. Um, their defense would just fall apart. But since drafting uh, Leighton Vander Esch this year, he's really stepped up. Um, so I think that this defense is kind of one that we need to avoid moving forward, especially because the Dallas offense is just so run heavy that it does limit opposing uh, opposing plays. Carson Wentz completed 19 of 33 passes for 156 yards, no touchdowns, and three interceptions in the Eagles' this Week 11 blowout loss to the Saints. Yeah, I mean, this is a shit no. This one is tough for me because I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, but I'm not even sure if the Eagles got off the bus for this game. Uh, but there's definitely better days ahead for Wentz. Just because I know that this this team is going to run through Wentz. They have no running game. They have pretty good weapons. Uh, I'm also surprised that he did perform this poorly um, in this this potential shootout. Especially because there's a lot of sharp money coming in on the Eagles to move the spread from plus 9 to plus 7. Christian Kirk caught three of four targets for 77 yards and a touchdown in the Cardinals' Week 11 loss to the Raiders. This this is a shit no for me. I mean, Kirk only saw four targets in this game. Rosen only had, you know, 20 pass attempts. I'm just going to continue to break ties against uh, players in bad passing offenses. Jalen Richard rushed 11 times for 61 yards in the Raiders' Week 11 win over the Cardinals. He also added three receptions for 32 additional yards. This is a shit no as well. I mean, just fantasy owners really just shouldn't be touching this Raiders team. That's kind of like end of story. Uh, side note, the my favorite website right now is isgrudendoneyet.com. Uh, you guys should check it out. Keenan Allen tacked on nine catches for 89 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets Sunday in LA's Week 11 loss to the Broncos. Yeah, this is a no shit. I mean, Allen is finally getting the volume that he should be seeing. Um, we, we've seen him explode down the stretch in previous years, and we really shouldn't expect that to change this year. Uh, I mean, as long as he's getting the volume, he's definitely you know locked and loaded. Traquan Smith hauled in 10 of 13 targets for 157 yards and a touchdown in the Saints' Week 11 win over the Raiders. I mean, sorry, over the Eagles. 
Yeah, this is no shit. I mean, he's another Rotoviz guy, I would say. Um, and this was also a premier matchup against the Eagles secondary that was missing four st- uh, starting secondary pieces going into this game, and they lost another piece during the game. Um, but obviously, we won't expect you know 15 targets again. Uh, he's more in line for four to six in most weeks, so I'd say he's volatile moving forward. Uh, one thing we did also see in this game is Michael Thomas getting only, I think, four targets. Uh, do you think... Traquan is a threat to Thomas's workload? No, I mean, Thomas is still definitely the guy. I think that the Saints, you know, they got up so quick so early. Um, you know, it's tough for, and they were also having a lot of success on the ground, so I'm not worried about Thomas moving forward. David come Johnson. on, Blair. Oh, what? Oh, come on. Like, It's still like Michael Thomas's show. The entire offense runs through him and uh, Alvin Kamara. <laughs> well, I'm a Traquan fanboy. Hey, I, I I own him too. I own him too. I'm just just saying, um, we've got, uh, you know, it's still it's still Michael Thomas. I think part of what happened here, and it's kind of unfortunate, was that the Eagles, like uh, Michael mentioned earlier, they just didn't get off the bus. You know, like uh, had they actually put up a fight, it would have been pretty interesting. I'm just saying. I don't know. Thirteen targets, <laughs> only four for Thomas. Maybe make some offers. uh... (laughs) David Johnson rushed 25 times for 137 yards in the Cardinals' Week 11 loss to the Raiders, adding a 17-yard reception. Yeah, no shit again. I mean, DJ has smashed since Leftwich took over, um, and he was also going against a hopeless Raiders defense who actually didn't practice twice this past week due to uh, air quality concerns. Um, I'm pretty disappointed he didn't see a lot of targets here, but he still smashed on the ground, and he also had a 60-yard touchdown called back at the end of the game. That was like on a Ricky Seals-Jones uh, fast interference or holding. Let me just – I, I want to make sure because uh, it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, yes, it was a Ricky Seals-Jones holding call. Josh Adams rushed seven times for 53 yards and a touchdown, and the Eagles' is week 11 loss to the Saints. Uh, yeah, shit, no. I'm just not going near this Eagles backfield. Uh, only interested in the passing attack. Uh, it's kind of a three-way committee, I believe. I didn't look at the touch distri- distribution this week, um, but yeah, I'm just not touching this backfield. I mostly agree uh, with that, not to touch this backfield until maybe ever, until we get some clarity. But I do want to note, I mean, Adams, uh, someone who's not getting a ton of attention but he actually uh is someone who kind of popped in some offseason work that i did he not only showed pretty well in the backfield dominator um but he also has a possibly elite agility score depends on whether you trust i guess his pro day numbers but um he's something i somebody i think is really interesting and if he can continue to get sort of the bulk of the work in the eagles backfield uh, he's someone I might have quite a bit of interest in. Mark Ingram rushed 16 times for 103 yards and two touchdowns in the Saints' Week 11 win over the Eagles. Yeah, this is a no shit for me. I mean, just play everyone in this offense. The Saints are just, you know, a team with such a large pie of offensive production to be distributed that even, you know, if you're getting a, a smaller piece of that pie, it's still going to have a greater magnitude uh, than most other offenses. Except Michael Thomas. 
No, kidding. I don't want to be the fade Michael Thomas guy. Yeah, you. Yeah, uh, I, I think this is like an interesting backfield because I've done a lot of work on it uh, as someone who writes a zero RB report for the NFC. Um, part of what's really interesting is that you can see that the Saints really use Ingram Kamara in a very interesting split. Typically, Ingram gets a, a lot of work when they're up by about a touchdown. Uh, a few weeks ago, it actually didn't work against the Rams when he had the ball punched out from him and the Rams set up a quick score. And the game stayed within that um, little time. Like the, They kept the game close. And even though I think they led by as much as 10 points in the game, you saw them continuing to use Camara because they fear the Rams' offense. Unfortunately, with the Eagles not really putting up much of a fight or really... Um, Showing much semblance of a coherent offense in this game, I didn't think they like the Saints felt it necessary to risk Kamara and risk him actually getting hurt, because in games at a high leverage for the Saints, it's Ingram's unstartable. He's on the bench. He's typically standing around being a bad teammate. Uh, you know, I'm just not a, much of a fan of Ingram, so uh, that's what I'm going to say about him. Yeah, I just I want it to be known that. Blair's new brand is Fade Michael Thomas. <laughs> Somebody's got to represent. Um, if you play in a league with me and own Michael Thomas and I own Traquan, I am offering him to you straight up. <laughs> NFL Networks. NFL Networks Ian Rappaport reports Carrion Johnson suffered a knee sprain in week 11 against the Panthers. Yeah, this news is hard to you know, digest here because we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um, I would imagine he's at least mi- missing the Thanksgiving game. Not really sure h- how much more after that. Um, but I th- think that it just means a lot more pass attempts, which we actually haven't seen the Lions do recently. So it could be a new look Lions offense with a lot of Theo Riddick, um, unless if they just decide to you know stuff LeGarrette Blount with a ton of carries, which I don't think they'll do. They haven't been giving uh, Theo Riddick any carries over the last few weeks although it's well i mean it's not something he's ever done a lot of but they have in the past shown a little bit more being a little more willing to give him some carries do you think that's a possibility i think they could just you know use theoretic as like a you know a short outlet pass and kind of have that be the extension of the running game i don't really think they're going to give him a ton of you know carries per se though have you ever wanted to place a bet but didn't want but didn't because you're afraid to pick the wrong team this Thanksgiving, it's finally possible for you to get a 100% refund on your bet if you lose it. With the Turkey Day free play, you can bet either bet you can bet the spread on either the Bears or the Lions. If it wins, you win. If it loses, my bookie will give your money back up to $250. You literally cannot lose. No risk, all gravy. My bookie offers such a great product and there has literally never been a better time to try them out. Unless your sports book is offering something like this, I think you should make the switch. Uh, I've never heard of a sports book doing a freebie like this, and I doubt it'll ever happen again. These guys are trustworthy. They're fast and helpful, so I know they're good for it. Uh, new to sports betting and have lots of questions? That's okay because my bookie's customer service can walk you through any questions you have about how betting works. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Log on to my bookie right now and use promo code RotoViz to get 50, a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code RotoViz. You don't need a promo code for your Turkey Day free play. If you lose, they'll credit the money back into your account automatically. What are you waiting for? Sign up today and don't miss out on the gravy train at my bookie. All right, moving on to news item number three. Unfortunately, Alex Smith suffered a gruesome injury in the third quarter of the game 
and is out for the season with a fractured fibula and tibia. Uh, Michael, it looks like Colt McCoy will be the starting QB for Washington when they take on the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So what are your expectations for this offense with McCoy under center? And uh, are there any sleepers from this offense you're considering playing on the Thanksgiving slate? Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess there's one thing to consider is you can't really be much worse than Alex Smith has been. Um, So I'm not really sure how much of a downgrade it is, but I certainly just don't have any interest or at least much interest in this offense as we haven't really all year. Um, I would have to monitor. Do you guys know if Chris Thompson is out on the Thanksgiving slate? Because that would definitely affect my interest in Adrian Peterson. Um, But there's not really much on this offense that I would be considering for the Thanksgiving Day slate. Yeah, so... Chris Thompson hasn't played in a while. He's been dinged. It's not even like dinged up at this point. It's, it's really unfair to say that because the guy has a couple of pretty bad injuries and he just hasn't unfortunately been able to sh- shake them off, which sounds very gallus when you're talking about a player who's pushed himself after a horrible injury last year to come back. Um, so I think he's, they might actually hold him out because he was uh, he didn't practice at all last week and he, I don't think he was close at all to playing this one. So there's no reason for them to play him on a, a short uh, week, uh, particularly against that uh, Dallas Cowboys' defense. Uh, I, I'm kind of with you. I think I think the guys who you might want to consider are players like Trey Quinn, um, just like the ancillary or, or auxiliary, I don't even know, just the randos of Flotsam <laughs> and Jetsam that, like the, that Washington has in their roster uh, as a potential salary-saving options. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it really isn't Thanksgiving until you're praying Trey Quinn breaks a 60-yard touchdown off, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that these Thanksgiving Day slates are tough because they're obviously small slates, so you really have to just find that, you know, diamond in the rough. I just don't think that's going to be anyone on Washington. So I'm kind of at this point, at least my first look, you know, the FanDuel prices just came up. I'm actually willing to just, you know, fade Washington entirely and try to find offensive production elsewhere. Yeah, now Jordan Reed kind of finally had the breakout game we were hoping for from him uh, with 11 targets. I don't know how many of those came from McCoy, but I know that his one touchdown did come from McCoy. So uh, is he someone that maybe... The quarterback change could actually help? Um, I think that maybe moving forward it could, but at least for Thanksgiving, I'm probably going to fade Jordan Reed just because ownership matters so much on these small slates. And I think that Reed will be pretty highly owned just because of recency bias. Philip Lindsay blew up for 79 yards and two touchdowns and 11 carries, and he also nabbed four catches for 27 yards on five targets in the Broncos' Week 11 win over the Chargers. Uh, Royce Freeman was actually back in the mix, but Lindsay outtouched Freeman 15 to eight, and he outgained Freeman by 76 yards. Michael, uh, it looks like the Broncos have opted to utilize Lindsay, their primary RB, in their first game back after their bye. Most interestingly, Devonte Booker did not register a carry in this game. Do you think the Broncos uh, will continue to utilize Lindsay, the primary RB, for the rest of the season, or do you see Freeman working his way back into the mix soon? Yeah, I, this one's a tough one for me to consider, just because I know that Freeman actually did get a, a little bit of work this game. I think they'll probably try to give him a little bit more work, you know, moving forward as well. I think Lindsay's definitely the guy to own in the backfield, 
But is it really a backfield that we want to own because it's on, you know, this case Keenum led offense? Obviously, you know, there aren't too many viable running backs week to week. So Lindsay's definitely still in consideration. Uh, but he's not a guy that I'm trying to, you know, trade for moving forward. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, the offensive dysfunction does kind of lower, I guess, your outlook for this backfield as a whole. But, I mean, Lindsay has been able to put up stats uh, week after week with, you know, even with the Broncos doing almost nothing. Um, so I'm not too worried about, about him going forward. Um, I think the point you brought up about them possibly working Freeman back in slowly is interesting. And that makes a lot of sense. That's uh, definitely something to watch for as they maybe give him a little more work next week. Um, So yeah, I still think Lindsay is the guy to own and I, I, you know, I'm still, (laughs) still comfortable starting him every week. And I mean, you know, trying to buy in dynasty, although that's really hard. Yeah. Also for what it's worth, Lindsay, I just pulled up the, the, uh, fantasy streaming app on Rose- Rotoviz, and Lindsay does have a good schedule rest of season, so he's definitely going to be fantasy viable. Um, I think it kind of just depends on. You'll probably just end up having to uh, keep him. I don't think many people are going to trade for him just because they'll be scared of uh, Freeman Freeman returning. Uh, but he's still fantasy viable. Now I know you know this game was pretty close, so they used Lindsay a lot. Um... You know, what we've seen a team like Chicago do with Cohen and Howard is kind of use Cohen sometimes in games that are close, although he's also been heavily used in in uh, blowouts. But Howard pretty much is limited only to games where that Chicago is uh, already leading. So um, is it possible we see sort of a split like that with Lindsey being the the guy in close games and Freeman coming on when the game, (laughs) if Denver actually ever gets a game uh, well in hand. Yeah. I mean, I think it's certainly possible and it's looking like it's going to go that way. I think Lindsay actually might be a little bit more, you know, game script independent than the Chicago guys. Um, Yeah. But I think it's definitely going to, you know, look that way moving forward. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the fantasy football report. Special thanks to our guest, Michael Dubner. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Michael underscore Dubner. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes and subscribe to our Patreon. For Hassan Rahim, I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Report. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.
Ready, set, save California. It's sellathon time this Labor Day at your California Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2019 Ford lineup, like an adventure ready Explorer or the all new built Ford Tough Ranger. Or get behind the wheel of the 2019 Ford F 150 with the power, toughness, and capability to carry any payload. You've waited all summer for these deals, and the wait is over. So, ready, set, save. The Labor Day sellathon is on now, but don't wait. These deals won't last. Hurry into your California Ford dealer before it all ends September. Third. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.